start <laughs> welcome to the nonprofit podcast i'm your host michael blevins joined t- by the lovely and beautiful aaron blevins and we're joined by elodie <laughs> i knew it really i knew it you saw it coming <laughs> that's okay suck my how, how do you pronounce your last name go 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 okay I would Google? have never fucking gotten that. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> that would have been the last. Yeah, for sure. I would have never gotten that. But it's okay. <sighs> Where are you from? Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's about me. Huh? Well, we got to kind of, you know. Okay. I'm French. Yeah. From South. South France. When it's sunny. <laughs> <laughs> and well, uh, when people are not friendly. <laughs> in France? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, it's bad. Southeast? It's good for holidays. So I've never... I've always... Okay. Well, I've yeah. only been there on yeah. holiday. Actually, it's quite nice. Yeah. Holidays in Nice and... You know. How far away are you from Nice? 40 minutes. <clears throat> Perfect. Uh, we yeah. liked Nice. We, we didn't love France so much. Just, I don't know, the people seemed a little bit uh, not into Americans. When we were there, but uh, it's because, speaking yeah. very general. <laughs> when, when you guys American think about France, mm. it's usually Paris, mm-hmm. and actually, it's not good. Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> no. I, we weren't a fan. The first time we went to Paris, somebody spit on us. Yeah, <laughs> we, and were, we were like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we were with a group of. It was like Michael and I, and one other girl from from America, uh, and then. A bunch of Brits and then one Asian, <laughs> and apparently that was not a good cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I thought everyone loved America. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's changed recently. So your residence, you live in the UK. Yep. And you've spent the past couple of months in Dubai. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Like what the fuck? Yeah, that's. In my head, you left the UK because the restrictions were so bad that you as a female went to the Middle East in order to find freedom. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Yeah? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Imagine it's England, December, uh-huh. January, it's freezing. Mm-hmm. You train in your living room yeah. doing back squats. Yeah. Everything is fucking closed. No restaurant, no gym. That was a big part of the decision. Yeah. No gym. You can train. You can, you can do nothing. So I was like, okay, holidays sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Apparently Dubai is on the list. We can travel, so let's do that. And I stayed. <laughs> what? What? So four months. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good though. Yeah, that was great. You got a lot of work done. Yeah. Yeah. Why why is Dubai on the list? That's okay. Is it just because their numbers are lower or and I don't know. I think we could travel to Dubai and Mexico <laughs> in January. Like what? there is no sense, but I think it was like a few 
yeah, we have a few destinations. Then we can fly. Yeah. And I absolutely don't know why and how. And I couldn't go in France. Yeah. Even though you're French. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So, I mean, it started as a weird year. We met you last year. You came out to Symposium. Yeah. Um, was it last year or the year before? Was it last year? 2019. No, I think it was... Two, was it 2019? It was. It was the fall of 2019. Was oh, it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Was that when? I don't know. Because it was before we went to Australia, right? Yeah, that would have been... Australia, I, we went in February. I came back then. 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One year and then later, you came back after. So yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, so it was the spring of 19. Was it that was l- that long ago? No shit. Whoa! What the fuck? Yeah, the days I, just kind of blur together since the world's been shut down. Honestly, I I'm like, I, know. I, I, uh, my timeline starts and ends like before Tribal Clash, after Tribal Clash, because <laughs> that's when that was like the last big trip we were able to take. So, yeah, it's kind of funny. I didn't, I didn't realize that we met you that long ago. Yeah, because just before the first lockdown. I was in Miami, the Bora Paruza and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we traveled in Texas and all over the U.S. And I ended my trip here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. And then COVID happened. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you were flying through uh, uh, San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, it's an outbreak there. Get home. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot that. all about that. I was like enjoying the view. Like, you, that's life. <laughs> that's <laughs> And apparently that wasn't a good place to be. Yeah, that wasn't the safest place to be, no. for sure. <sighs> so you traveled cool. a lot during quarantine. Yeah, we get stuck, though, <laughs> in the UK then for months, like yeah, five, yeah. six months. Okay, so it slowed you down quite a bit. But mo- yeah. mostly you move around a lot. Yeah. After it, it was summer then, and suddenly Europe just reopened everything. Yeah. So... What but the they're fuck? back in lockdown again, right? Exactly. So, okay, for the economy, that would be great if we have <laughs> all the tourists coming around. Let's forget about COVID. And we did seminars. Yeah. In oh, dur- did all you really? over Europe. Like weightlifting, gymnastics, yeah. com- like competitors. We did like ten, 10 lifting club, which is... Um, Even in lockdown? Yeah, between two lockdown in ah, summer, you know? Gotcha. You, yeah, it was different, I think. Because the they US. opened up a little bit and then they closed yeah. down. Uh, to be fair, Utah has never really been locked down. Mm. Like, it seems really, uh, like we've had restrictions. There's a mask mandate. There's like the normal. But I think we were afraid that we were going to get locked down. Like me and Mark both got, um, we got our um, non-denominational cleric license. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we could, because emergencies are, like, if you are a pastor or uh, a religious figure, you, there was no restrictions. You could travel. So we were thinking <laughs> we were going to get shut down. So me and Mark both got a clergy. <laughs> we both got... That's amazing. Yeah, so we could I could officiate a wedding no. if, if I was... Why don't you and Mark marry George and Savannah <laughs> this weekend? Oh, Imagine that, that. They'll be so... They would be so pissed. You guys just get up there. You're like, we'll take it from here, guys. <laughs> Uh, it was really, it was really weird. But then, when that didn't happen, I think this is U- in my head Utah's policy with this: just don't say anything too loud. Like, just don't. Nobody really yeah. said anything about it. But we weren't locked down. We didn't have any of that. Um, we could. I mean, there was Re- stuff that was closed. Yeah. That was the weird. Restaurants thing. Restaurants closed. Public hmm. coffee was closed for like a year, and you're like, how the f- 
Like, what are you? They're how? They're still closed. No, they're open. I went there today. I'm telling people they're still closed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, what's interesting to me about like what you do um, is that as a coach, you travel quite a bit, hmm. right? And th- so there's like these two paths that you can kind of take that I see. You can either be locked down into, and not because of quarantine, but just because you get uh, trapped right this happens like if you run your own business this is what i've always been Hmm. shy about even starting a gym again because it's kind of a trap like people depend on you for the daily training and you get enough people coming in and then you're essentially there it's really hard to even take a day off yeah i know yeah you've worked you've worked in a gym for quite a while and experienced that yeah yeah i worked my god how long three four years Mm -hmm. in france and I was just a coach, but I felt bad when I was away mm-hmm. because I had my clients anyway. Yeah, and it wasn't my gym, and I've seen gym's owner just talked. Mm. You know, you want that place, your place, mm-hmm. to be free, have something, but then it's not freedom. You just no. you just put yourself into a prison, kind yeah. of in a way. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it is for sure because you like. I mean, if it's like most gyms and this happens kind of everywhere that I've been, is that people come in and use it, but it's really rare that people make progress in gyms. Like they're, they might make progress in the first like month or two or something like that. And then it's like stalemate for years. Like I think if we went back to any gym that we had ever been a part of, pretty much everybody's the same, right? They still train. It's just like they train themselves into, you know, a plateau. Um, so it's kind of weird why it's so hard to walk away, even though most of your people, after you've had them for a while, they've made most of the gains that they're going to make. And you should be able to, you know, this is one of the reasons what led us, you know, for a large part, it's like having a, an end point for people. Yeah. Like, hey, like, yeah, you can come here for this time. But then after that, like, we're going to have to reassess. It doesn't mean you have to go away, but it means like at some point you should be able to go, hey, uh, we did that thing that you set out to do. Now you're done. Go away. Like go, go do something else. <laughs> That's it. Can you leave, please? Yeah, or you know. <laughs> no, but yeah, they should be able to, to know what mm-hmm. they need, yeah. right? But do they? Like I, this seems this business yeah. is like you can't succeed if you're that way, <laughs> right? Like you kind of need to play this game where you're like, yeah, yeah, I keep coming in. And you're like, I don't know why they're coming. Like they're not doing anything. <laughs> right? that, that's a large part of training is just being like, well, they don't care anymore. And neither do I because they don't care. But also I kind of need their monthly. Uh, and that that's like a real danger in starting your own business, not just being like locked into it, but dependent on it. Um, and the antidote to that is kind of like, shooting yourself in the foot Mm-mm. right like to not be trapped you then have to kind of be honest with people about their progress like hey you're not doing very well like maybe you should go do something new and novel because it'll it'll kind of influx uh some kind of motivation at least for me that works really well i inject myself into a new environment and i have to adapt which is why we always like traveling, mm. I think. Is that, just from watching you, that's kind of what I get the idea about, is that that's kind of what you're doing. Yeah, because I think if you stay in, in one place, like mm. forever, mm-hmm. you think you know, 
maybe you know more than people around, but you know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like you're the best in uh -huh. your little world, uh -huh. and that's bad. I mean, I don't want that. So I just, I'm seeking mm -hmm. the people that they know more than me. Mm -hmm. It's very important, I think. And even when I think I'm good at something, <laughs> I meet people better. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> fuck, he knows better than me. Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> or at least new things that you want to like bring into your own practice, you yeah, know, that, and try that, out for yourself. That's what happened recently when I went to Miami, to be honest. Mm. I went to that gym hybrid and I met great weightlifter and I, I just observed them coaching and training and I was like ah oh, interesting <laughs> they're good yeah. yeah you know is that hybrid yeah yeah that's it's kind of interesting uh, I mean that's always been I talk about it quite a bit about like instead of going to school just like traveling like instead mm -hmm. of like depending on somebody to tell you what you know go learn what you want to find out and that, it's funny because if you, I think if you know what you want to learn, you can learn it way faster. Like if you have an idea and it could be a simple thing. Like if I wanted to learn, I don't take something that I don't want to learn. I don't know. Um, strong first. Hmm. <laughs> like I, I'm just not interested. It's not as bad. It's just like, I'm not interested. Okay. Right. But if I did, if that was the thing that I was into, um, would I go to strong first or would I actually go to Pavel? Like in my head, I would go to like the guy that does it. And instead of like going to a weekend seminar, I would want to go to his gym and see how he does certain things. It's, and a lot of times that's not possible, but most times I think it is actually. I think it is. And that's something I do when, <laughs> when I go, I don't know, to do a seminar or something. I always and by drinking a coffee with the person. Mm. Like, I'm not just going into, like, I don't know, uh, weightlifting seminars with someone. I want to discuss with them. I want to talk and to to share ideas and just, so we just drink coffee yeah. and we talk. And I learn more than in that, that short amount of time mm -hmm. when I'm drinking that coffee with the person, I think I'm learning more than in one day of seminar. Yeah, do you think it's because it is so it's like so it's intense learning because you're asking exactly what you want to know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's like honesty. Mhm. Mm yeah. I think the same uh whenever I travel, I try to find one person in every city that I go that I can go learn something from. Um and with jujitsu that's been pretty easy because yeah. you're like every city probably has at least some weirdo in jujitsu that like is good at something. So when we went to Australia, uh, we went to SJJA, when we were in Hungary, we went and rolled with like, you know, it was just a, it was just a good way to kind of, I don't know, learn anything that I wanted to. It's Lambert dreaming. Yeah, yeah Lambert is dreaming. What was that other jiu-jitsu gym we went to? Um, were we in Romania or Warsaw? Which one? Which one did we go It was to? the one with that little dog that looked yeah, like that was, Splinter that was from Bud Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Budapest. Oh. Yeah, I loved that dog. Yeah, that was a hard time. So cute. <laughs> the, the 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 thing that sucks in jujitsu is, at least I feel, the more Eastern Europe you get, the more brutal it gets. It's like hmm. really hard to then go open roll with people that want to kill you. Oh, you use knives here? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you guys do jujitsu with AK forty sevens. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, 
uh, at least, but gym stuff has always been pretty easy to go learn. And I think it's really yeah. weird because people do it to us quite often. Like they'll, you know, we're pretty open about people coming and visiting. Um, but when they do come and we share what we know, I think a lot of people are kind of surprised that we shared all of that, right? Like it, it wasn't like you had to come pay my instructor fee and I certify you with something. Therefore you have like these phases just to make money off of it. I, I figure like, uh, I don't know. I read this article. It's, it's actually in Chuck Palahniuk's um, book on writing and he talks about piracy. And I think that's a big, it's a big thing with, you know, trainers because they like the, the field is kind of known physiologically. People know what they know about training, but you have to kind of carve out your own idea right your way of doing it and it has to be kind of rooted in this all knowledge and every once in a while you get somebody who figures something out that had nothing to do with the status quo i i would think I, even though i like disagree with some of it, i would say crossfit's in that realm where they kind of like took all knowledge that was in fitness and they showed that people were actually doing it wrong like actually like you know, only doing this or only doing this leads to bad outcomes. And actually, if you mix modal, you know, the shit out of things, it, it's a more well-rounded um, fitness. And I, I think for the most part, they were correct. So every once in a while, you have to carve out your own IP, um, which kind of brings us to why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Aaron had this idea about doing a female training book. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Can you walk me, but I don't want to spoil it. And I kind of want to hear you guys explain what you think that it is. Like, what was the idea and why do you think it was necessary? Am I going first? Yeah, whatever. Oh, um, I, I mean, the concept has kind of morphed into what it is now, but I really wanted to put something out there that was not just female forward, but kind of girl power. Hmm. And, you know, I, I, one of my favorite things to do in the entire world is train with guys and, and train with men. But I think that there is a sense of empowerment that comes with finding your own voice. And for me, it's it's been a really cool journey to um, intertwine fitness and competition and my training progressions with how I've evolved in my own life. And I think that it's made me a stronger person. And so I've really wanted to share that. So hopefully I can be, you know, some sort of a guide to other women out there that, that might be kind of trying to find their own way as well. Go, go back to, you said you'd, why would you rather train with men? Like there's uh, something no, there. I, I don't want to leave women out or say, I no. just like training with women because I like, I love going and, and beating men at workouts. Like it's my favorite. <laughs> no, but I think, I think, um, I'm very competitive. I think the thing that, um, I see isn't that like, uh, there is that there's that like beating guys as a female, like getting chicked <laughs> as it were, like it's a known, it's kind of a known funny thing. Not that we don't expect, it's not like there's females that aren't fitter than us. like, it's obviously, um, a thing, but I think in, in relation to how many people are willing to push, it is a rare thing to find females that are willing to push. And I think this is, to me, this is what your guys' project is about. Like how you're not, you're not coaxed into the same things that guys are when we're younger. 
right? Mm-hmm. You're not told, hey, go wrestle your friend and like hey, go throw a frisbee or like hit a baseball or run really fast or climb. You're not like, you're not, uh, you're not pushed culturally speaking. It doesn't mean there's not Tom girls and mm-hmm. you know Tom boys or whatever that aren't you know they don't get a more I don't know I would even say a masculine approach to being raised and being taught to be physical for the most part from what I've seen from pretty much every female I've interacted with is that it's a rare thing to be told to go hard mostly it's about what you look like you know if you look like you're straining that's supposed to be not feminine and the weird thing to me is like that's an animal human trait to be able to push yourself Right. It's not a gender specific thing, um, it, but it has been culturally normative to make females more passive and more uh, soft and more delicate and to think of them as aesthetically pleasing because they're not too loud or they're not too aggressive. And I mm-hmm. think um, that that's what I notice in athletic females that I train with is they almost have to go train with men in order to get what they need in order to progress themselves. A hundred percent. Like I agree with everything. It's, I think it's that, you know, it's train with guys, mm-hmm. no drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, that's something too. You just try straight to the point. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. we go, we train at two o'clock. Cool. Yeah. yeah I we train. I, I don't think it has anything to do with like, I specifically am seeking setting out to sure. beat men <laughs> i think that that sounds a little bit weird i it, it's just what elodie said you yeah. know the energy is different it's yeah. you know it's different than like okay let's all go pee four more times like it's really <laughs> nice to have a group of guys that you can train with and you know that that's going to push you like it's hard to keep up with guys their pace is a little bit you know fit guys their pace is a little bit different than than you know this is a generalization but a little bit faster and a little bit heavier pace than most women and so for me like it's hard for me to create an environment where there's very competitive females that will push me as much as I'll push them which is nice to have you guys here because you guys push me yeah there I mean there are females that train really hard for sure. I, it, but it's it is a little bit more rare and I think that has to do with just they had less opportunity to learn that thing. It's not that they're not capable. It's not that it's just culturally that's kind of my point of why this book uh, or this project is going to be really interesting is you you can kind of speak honestly about how different it is to kind of um, po- to figure out your capability physically and mentally in a world where it's not highly promoted. Uh, For guys, it's like, it's a part of our childhood, Mm. right? Like you're constantly told to be physical. In fact, your friends make fun of you if you're not, if you're kind of like into books and computer games, you like it culturally, that person's gonna get bullied. And so you're almost indoctrinated into being a physical person. If you can't fight, if you can't climb things, if you can't throw things, like, and that's, that is a huge advantage. And so I know there's a lot of people, uh, and we don't have to get into that topic because it's kind of irrelevant, but to kind of push that point, there's a lot of people um, mad at like a trans man or trans woman that might compete. Um, 
but they're usually talking about the kind of the obvious side effects of advantages, right? Would did they have testosterone therapy? Are they on hormone therapy? But I think the bigger thing that the implication that I take away and apply to like everybody that's training around us, the implication is that if you are if you are rooted in physical culture, you are going to have way more capability. And I would say physical capability, obviously, but I think psychological capability where um, where where guys are used to that, females, it's a novel thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think might be interesting is the fact that you're not rooted in that. Um, and if you do develop it, you develop it probably to a way better degree than men do because you've had to like seek out special things, right? It might be, this is kind of what I say, if you easily learn how to squat 600 pounds, Hmm. right? Like it didn't take any work, then okay, yeah, you're strong. No one's going to deny that's not like a good back squat for a general population person. (laughs) But if you had to work at it, like if it took you 10 years to put 200 pounds on your back squat, you would, because you have to push yourself, you have to figure out the answers to problems, stuff like that. Um, I would say the same thing of maybe that's why I actually like training with strong, fast females is because maybe subconsciously I understand they've, they've worked harder than I have to get mm. what, where I've get come from. Reason. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. cause it was part of my culture. Like every, I got into fighting and everybody was just physical. So you just kind of had to be pushed into that. But when I look at like, you know, Aaron was kind of a, I guess you were an outdoorsy girl, weren't you? Yeah. You were always running around throwing rocks and shit. <laughs> at least that's what I imagine <laughs> in my head. It's Aaron throwing rocks at <laughs> cars. <laughs> Maybe acorns. Uh, <laughs> chestnuts. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I played pretty rough with my cousins. I was, for a long time, I was the only female cousin in my family. And um, and my brother, who was quite a bit younger than me. And so I did, I grew up with guys, you know, riding BMX bikes and running around with with no shoes on and building zip lines and ropes swings and stuff like that um but i like i didn't play sports in school i ran a a little bit of track and cross country in uh high school um but not not anything serious and so it was definitely like later in my 20s that i got into like a little bit more competitive being a little bit more competitive which I needed it at the time. It was a good time to start it. My, yeah. my brain needed the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. Because I, I had a sister and I have a brother, but he was born. I was already 13. Mm. Uh, so, but I just played with boys. I don't know why. It was just fun. And I talked about that with Celia too. And, mm. and she had that same childhood with climbing trees and yeah. stuff like that and it makes sense now she's fucking strong but right. <laughs> we did stuff that other girls won't do mm. like yeah playing riding bike climbing trees stuff like that playing outside yeah just now you just play inside you know yeah child the child that just have an ipad and Anyway, it is, it's going to be different. Weird. I think. I it's think very it's very weird. I think it's obvious to almost everybody because this happens sometimes when I would um, you know, get a new client and maybe they're new to training, right? They've like never trained. Um, this happened with a client. I mean, way back in the day, 
um, is actually friends with Aaron. Uh, she would move, and I'm like, holy shit. That person has never done a fucking thing in their life. And it's like alarming how badly somebody is with their own body. It takes like uh, this one example. I mean, I would like, I would teach one of the basic movements that I really like for like patterning, uh, coordination, bear crawls, obviously, because hmm. they help reset like different sides of the brain. But I actually really like a Turkish getup just for like s- testing to see how coordinated somebody can listen to my instruction. Yeah. Hey, like to walk somebody through a Turkish getup because it's step by step nature, I think mm. it's easy to learn how to walk somebody through, but also. Because it's easy instruction, you can kind of pay attention to how they're perceiving your instruction. Like when you're like right arm up, like, you know, get an active shoulder, seeing what they respond to cues and not, it it plays double fold. And this person that I was thinking about, I'd be like right arm and I'd be like, no, your right arm. No, the the, the one other on your right. the other right arm, your other fucking arm. <laughs> like, uh, okay, yeah, just I get know. off the floor. Let's try that first. Yeah. It, <sighs> what's weird is that that was like I was really new at training at the time, and um, I had that was the first time I was like, man, some people just should probably never lift weights, <laughs> or at least for a really long time. Like they need, I think, years of just you know, doing normal shit, like paying attention to how they walk and how they pick stuff up off of the ground. So I think maybe that this is, you know, twofold. You you guys found how fun being physical was when you Hmm. were younger. And that, that sadly is probably a rare thing now. Um, But now that you're, you know, essentially this concept for female training guide or something like that, um, you're trying to encapsulate your experience and how you got into physical things and the benefits that you think that could offer somebody. So how, like thinking about the project, what are you trying to describe to people? Like, what do you want them to understand that you understand? And maybe they don't. And, you know, from a plebeian standpoint, like I'm, I think it's cool. You know, let's imagine I'm a female, (laughs) Michaela. <laughs> Long blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, extensions for sure. They, so if I'm looking at like reading, I'm interested because I obviously saw something that made me curious. Like I saw Aaron do a muscle up or CC handstand walk or you, you know, clean and jerk 225 pounds or whatever. If I've seen this, I go, oh man, I could imagine myself doing that. What is the biggest difference between me just looking up you know, how to go train TRX or whatever. And me looking as a female, not knowing that this is like a world that's open to everybody. What's the difference between the physical thing you look at, the physical idea and just going to a gym and starting to do things? I think people in general are scared. It's scary. (laughs) You don't want to be, how to explain that? I think you're scared to be weak and that people are looking at you like, oh, who's that girl? What the fuck she's doing here? She's Mm. just weak. And you are scared to be judged Mm. first. Uh, But being strong is so fun. (laughs) And you can do so many things. I think people just don't know. (laughs) They don't realize how bad it is to be weak. Oh my God. Like... Okay, I used to coach um, 
first CrossFit sessions. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, <laughs> oh my God, I've seen things like, you, you talk about Turkish get-up, mm-hmm. just a sit-up. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't, that guy couldn't do a sit-up. Or I've seen girls that couldn't do air squats mm-hmm. without just collapsing. Buckling. Like oh, that's so bad. I don't know. And I think that's something we should be scared of, like to be that weak. Yeah, I think and it's dangerous. Fuck, that's very dangerous. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And so first thing is that, just dare, like just go. Yeah, I think the fear is don't twofold, think. right? Like when people see somebody, I see if somebody sees like Trevor jump off a cliff or something, you're yeah. like, there's, there's the fear that you're i mean inherently because i feel the same thing i'm like am i skilled enough to make sure i paid attention enough so when i jump off this cliff i can like deploy a canopy there's that fear (laughs) or where and that's a physical fear actually right it's like am i coordinated but it's also psychological fear am i Mm -hmm. paying attention enough to do this thing and when i watch people do stuff like that i go man i don't know when i watch weightlifting and someone catches a massive weight i'm like fuck I'm afraid of the weight. Like, yeah. what does that feel like? But I can't even get the weight there. So I guess then I'm. you're correct in thinking, I, I recognize, oh shit, I can't do that. Therefore, I'm weak, I'm capable. But that's only honest people, which is, yeah. an, which is a rarity in itself. Somebody that can be that honest about their physical ability. But the more you will practice, the more you will get confidence. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you need to start. Yeah. That's hard stuff. I think jujitsu is a good example. Go ahead. I think the other thing that people are afraid of, especially women, is I don't want to look like an ogre. I don't want to look too big. I don't want to get big. I already built so much muscle in my legs. And it's like, you're fat. (laughs) (laughs) You are 100% fat. It doesn't matter if you build muscle in your leg or not. You are fat. You would rather have muscle than fat. And uh, so I think teaching some of these systems and showing showing people systems like this there is a different way to get where you're going mm-hmm. i work with a lot of clients with eating disorders and i think it's just building that system there is another way like you can starve or you can train and pay attention to what you eat you can um keep doing exactly what you're doing and complain about your body or say that you're going to gain too much muscle or i can show you how to be a lean version of yourself where you look like you have a little bit of muscle mass there that it, it kind of baffles me how many in this from a guy's standpoint how many guys come in right wanting to get bigger They're like yeah mm. i just want to get big their idea of being muscular is being big and they almost don't care whether it's a lean big or not right like once you get to if you're 220 pounds me and devin talked about this the other day it's like if you get past 220 pounds, you're a different kind of human being and you can feel it. And 225 is not that heavy, but for a, a guy to be 220 pounds or something around there, you immediately feel dangerous. You're, you're like, I could fucking hurt somebody on accident. Yeah. Like that's really the sensation, I, myself included. When I was 220 pounds, I was like, I feel like I'm gonna hurt myself. Because <laughs> and honestly, I felt sometimes too strong. Like my, I felt like at any one point, like something was going to blow because I learned to contract so hard and it was, you know, a weird phase, but uh, it's hard to get big. Like it really is hard to get big and muscular. Mm. And it's really hard for guys to recognize that there's a huge difference between just being fat and big and being lean and muscular and big. Mm. There is like, 
that is a hard thing to do. You have to pay attention. And like, if I wanted to do it now, I would have to rearrange my day because my, like your focus, it takes so much focus to eat that frequently and train like that to get lean mass on. And it's not even gigantic. 220 pounds is not that big, but it's like 20 pounds more than I normally weigh. Yeah. And so that's a lot of mass to put on and it's not all going to be muscle mass, but on the opposite spectrum, seeing how hard it is for guys to gain weight to then have to listen to a female go, oh, I don't want to get big. I get big really easy. Times that process by 10 years. And that's a female (laughs) gaining weight. Yeah. When I was was racing, how old was I? Like 26, Mm -hmm. 27, 26. I was 118 pounds Mm -hmm. at five foot eight. I'm 137 right now. So that gives you an idea of how small I was. And I was fast. You know, obviously I was running a lot. It took me 10 years to gain weight, to gain muscle, 10 years of diligently eating and researching and changing my diet. So people that think that they're just going to like do a couple squats and then all of a sudden they're like, ah, I know they ask for the, they ask for the magical exercise. You don't have the hormones on board (laughs) to do it. I'm sorry. This kind of kills me about, because I think it's so funny that when, when they say that and you're like. Do you think Erin looks like that on accident? <laughs> like, you think she just like forgot to pay attention for ten or you know however many a decade? I don't know. I wake up like that. I, <laughs> which is funny because you say twice as hard. You're probably about right. It took me three years to put on like 15 pounds of lean mass. Yeah. Like that. It it took a while. Um, you know, it's not going to be fast, and that's just me. And I'm, I I actually gain weight pretty easily. I can put on muscle mass pretty fast. Like it's not, I don't like to, I like to actually be smaller because uh, it doesn't feel so fucking terrible to yeah. walk upstairs. But I it, I felt really dangerous at 145 pounds. <laughs> I remember, I remember I wanted to be like, gain a bunch of muscle and go to alpha games. Cause the year mm-hmm. before, like some of the things heavy. that I had failed at were strength based. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a year. I'm going to prep strength <laughs> and I'm going to come back and just demolish everyone, which, you know, I did. I did do that. I just didn't demolish anyone because that year everything went back to endurance. Peg wars. <laughs> oh, the big boy. Yeah, it was so Oh, my God. Bad. I was there. Oh, my God. So like leading up to that and I, I did. I got really, really strong. 145 on my frame. Like that's what? Eight pound. That's almost ten pounds heavier than I am now. Well, right? She probably got like three or two thirty-five for five. Yeah, for a oh. set of five, I was with strong. your long legs. Yeah, I was oh, strong. That's Jesus. That's, but I remember, I, I remember like leading up to that, we were going to the competition, and I was like walking different because I felt so massive. <laughs> And then looking at pictures from the competition, I was like a string bean. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny. It was fun. I did get strong. I mean, if you imagine like how, especially if you stay lean and gain mass, how a pound of actual muscle looks is insane. You put on a pound on your shoulders. You would look like a different human being. Right? Yeah. I always have clients. I always tell clients, especially women who are like, well, I just want to be toned and I don't want to be huge. I don't want to have huge muscles. Um, 
I say, send me a picture of, uh-huh. you know, obviously everyone, once we get into the process, everyone's going to have their own physique and mm-hmm. look the way that they're going to look. But send me a photo. And they're sending me girls that are like fairly heavy, like girls from bodybuilding.com. Oh, yeah. I'm like, this is a process of diligently building muscle for <laughs> okay. a decade. Oh my God. And That's... it's so funny. And then leaning out, like just, just <laughs> go and be capable. And this is what I think will detour people from like actually becoming strong and capable is the look part like just get into the process and love it and your body will morph and be whatever it's going to be right like if you don't want to be huge don't feed don't feel your effort don't don't eat to gain mass it's it's just a a, another little piece of the learning um but i think being capable is so much cooler than anything that anyone could ever imagine yeah. uh, like physical appearance looking like. And, you know, being able to go and swim and jump off things and climb back up things and uh, pop into gyms all over the world, I mean, literally all yeah. over the world. Michael and I have been all over and been able to go and actually learn from coaches because we are capable. We're capable enough to take what they're teaching us and apply it and I think that that's so fun we get to see so much so much more of the world because we're able to be strong and capable wow <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, no, that I think people want the, they want the result if they don't see the bigger picture if they don't see how you get there I see that every day like I have Oh my god, you can't imagine how many messages I get <laughs> from girls on the nutrition company. From girls that send me Celia's picture. <laughs> and they're like, okay, I wanna look like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> do you have do you have ten years? Uh, to yeah, because <coughs> so yeah, they want the final product, if I can yeah. say product. Um it's same with me. Oh, how you do that? How can you be home and coaching that much or giving seminar and blah, blah, blah? Yeah, <laughs> I'm 33. <laughs> I'm traveling and learning shit <laughs> for the past 10 <laughs> years. And I wasn't easy, Mm-mm. but they want the end. Always, always. Mm-hmm. Like, how you, yeah. I don't know. I have million examples yeah. in yeah. any field. It's always the same. They want the magic stuff. Yeah. Well, even if, even if I trained with CC every day for a month, like our nutrition would be completely different. You know, she can handle a different calorie level. Yeah. She can eat different foods than me, and so personal. Yeah. Yeah, it's so different, and uh, you know, it, there's not just one plan that you could publish that would work for no. everybody. Yeah. Okay, she took like four a, boxes she took of like fruity pebbles, and you're gonna be jacked out of your mind. She no. took a year off of. Uh, capacity stuff, right? Like CrossFit stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So she took a year off of like yeah. basically breathing and just focused on strength. Mm-hmm. And her body composition changed. Uh, like, did she? Do you think she gained weight, or she stayed roughly about the same? Same. Yeah. So same. you have like this history where it's yeah. You know, it, it, that kind of makes up the difference. I think when you do this for a really long time. Uh, when you explore different realms, like you go into endurance, you go into like a CrossFit thing, you go into powerlifting, strength, biased, and you just see 
how hard kind of each thing is to develop. Yeah. But as you do all of them more and more, you find out how much easier it is to kind of keep things in a balance when you're able to switch in and out. Because you kind of heal from all the stuff you've overdone. And then you, you know, build bad habits, do another shit. And then you heal from that until you're moving correctly. And then I don't have to heal anymore. Now I'm just getting better. Mm. And um, I think, you know, I, I would say that this might be the problem with transformation pictures, right? So yeah. we're saying like, fuck, people just keep coming to us and they like, oh, I want to look like this and this time. And you're like, it's not that easy. It's not that simple. Mm. And honestly, it's probably the trainer's fault for in the first place being, hey, look what I can do. This person dropped 100 pounds in six months or this person went from, you know, no muscle to a bunch of muscle in their bodybuilding. And they show these like, you know, in, in six weeks, this is what the difference can be. So people have been marketed to mm. for how fast changes happen. It's our fault trying to broaden the industry. Um, it, it's like literally what the business is built off of his transformation process but every coach in the world is saying the same fucking thing is that this is not a fast process like th this isn't fast at all and if you do it fast it doesn't last i call yeah. that the amazon prime effect <laughs> prime it's, now it's always because now you can order something it will be home tomorrow no it'll drop from a drone when i walk out the door yeah <laughs> did you sean awesome. was talking about the other day speaking of like amazon <laughs> he said la got so bad when he was there that at some point he he broke his iphone and he he had like an he had a 45 minute break right and he was he needed something for his iphone <laughs> and the apple store was like two miles away Mm -hmm. And he looked at the clock and he only had 45 minutes and it wasn't enough time. So he Amazon primed it and it literally dropped off the package before he could have gone to Apple and back. That's awesome. It was like 30 minutes and it was there. <laughs> See? <laughs> okay. I like stuff like that. But the, the process of becoming more fit or lean because of the work that you put into it or yep. building your muscle because of the work you put into it, like if you lose that and you cut that process out you're losing so much of like the person that you're becoming mm -hmm. not just physically but emotionally as well like <clears throat> i i don't <laughs> it's kind of like a girl that stuffs her bra right you take her bra off and you're like there's nothing here this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know if you don't go through the process of of building muscle and like knowing what what that kind of work takes like you're just walking around all pumped up looking beefy like it's a it's a different way that you carry yourself it's a different like it's a different vibe that you put off like i i trust people that i train with because i i know exactly how hard trevor's going to go in a workout and mm. i can trust that he's going to go that hard yeah you know like i trust trevor that's what it comes down to because i've seen how he works i've seen his capacity i've seen his work ethic and i I, I know him better because I've trained with him. And <clears throat> that makes me more attracted to wanting to do projects with him, like business oh, projects, mm. you know? Like I don't wanna go into business with someone that doesn't work hard. Yeah. Like why would I wanna go into business with someone that's lazy? <laughs> Yeah, or, or I'm going to do all the work because I'm not lazy. <laughs> yeah, I think because, I mean, this is the honesty part that we talk about fitness is like, you can see when somebody is like, trying to tap into something they're trying to become better and you can also see where people are just going through the movements and 
and acting like they work hard. Like it still doesn't mean they, they show up every day. They do that. Yeah, they load the barbell too. But you can almost identify the second that they quit. You, mm. I think that's why it's so it's such a good lens for friendships <laughs> and and relationships and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not really friends with or gone into business who pe- with people that aren't physical. Mm. Like legitimately, I have to have had trained with you to be like, yeah, I trust you. That is such a you know point that does not get brought up yeah it tells about the mindset mm-hmm. i think Absolutely. just yeah. important so important oh that's have so you met crazy. our friend mark twite <laughs> 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 what the fuck is mark twite <laughs> um <laughs> there's a another guy that we uh michael started a business with named jason gabor and mm-hmm. he's in detroit he is probably the strongest person. He's such a fucking freak. <laughs> but, like, he has no business being on a bike for, like, six hours, but he'll go do it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, he, he just, he has the work capacity and the work <laughs> ethic of someone that wants to get something done. You know, he, like, tore off his right shoulder. Like, he's mm-hmm. missing his medial and his rear delt completely from an ATV accident. All so right. here's how fucking strong he is. He can still snatch 235. And when How? you see it, he throws it with the other arm and then just catches Jesus. it with his one. It is fucking crazy oh looking. But he can do it. You're like, you shouldn't be able to do that. He can still deadlift in the 600s. And then he can go, like, he can do a sub 40 minute Murph. Mm-hmm. And he's the nicest. He literally will be like, oh man, I just, I wish I could train as hard as you. He's like the most humble person You're ever. Like, Shut up, Jason. Yeah. You're making us look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a dick. But he's like the nicest person on the planet. And the second I had an opportunity to go into business with him, I was like, oh, dude, he's humbled and he is humbling. Like mm. he has both these aspects that I just think are, are like some of the most valuable in people. Not just your ability to like assert yourself and do what you say you can do, but yeah. to also know that you should be able to do better. So you're humbled by it. You're like, oh, f- I just need to try harder. Mm. And like you get you get around people that you perceive try hard. You're pumped about it. You're like, yeah, these people are working towards something. And, and I think that's a big characteristic too. Is like, can can people train hard, but do they apply that same capacity in their real life? Because if they don't. I, I don't, that's just an exerciser, hmm. right? If you're, if you're like, fuck yeah, I trade three times a day, but the rest, all you do is like napping. Yeah. Nap <laughs> and sit on the, unless you're like competing, like unless yeah. that your focus is Maybe an athletic yeah. event and that's your yeah. professional outlet. But I'm talking like general people that just train to stay in good condition and to support their life. If they don't carry the thing that they develop in here outside of it, mm. I think that's also becomes obvious because I've known a lot of exercises or exercisers like, yeah, they they're really good at like just showing up, but they don't really apply themselves outside of that. They're just on Instagram all day talking about their fitness. It's kind of fucked up. I think the thing that I want to see and one of the reasons why I was so like pumped that you would do a project like this and I like could help with it is that I see how hard you work every time you came here. Right. You're like you came in and you would train and then you would go actually work. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I see like you're posting anything for the past year, it's you working, you on a laptop, you doing programming, you like podcasts, seminars, everything. You're developing yeah. 
a lot of stuff and that I go, cool, not only is somebody good at knowing that they have to take care of themselves and they're setting, you know, a lot of opportunity for them down the road by working so hard, but they, they understand what training is actually for. So it, it comes back into the gym when somebody's really good at business or like keeping their life in order. I want that person to train with so that I yeah. can like, I don't know, steal that. Mm. Like I want to like <laughs> osmosis. I want yeah. your energy. I want to like feed off of the fact that I know when we get done, I don't, I can't just lay on the floor like a bitch. I have work to go do because I know you're going to do the same thing. Yeah. True. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, do you feel like because of the way that you have developed yourself in training, um, you've been able to go farther in life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you learn how to go through hard, hard stuff, mm. I think. Mm. If, if you train hard, you just, I don't know, you are more resilient and capable and you grow confident. Mm. That's mm -hmm. something, something huge for girls too. That's yeah. why I wanted to do that project too, because it's something, especially for girls, you change so much the day you start training for real. Mm. You changed a lot for your life. I mean, not into the gym. <laughs> we don't care. Of, who cares? Of I, I mean, what I, you do. I like. I like the fact that that is where your brain went because I think that's where Aaron was at with it too. Like that, that man, it's fundamentally different when you train and you said for real, but like, really, like when you have a focus in whatever the, it could be strength, it could be any pathway, but you suddenly start taking it seriously. Mm. I remember the day I started taking it seriously and I was training twice a day before that. I'd like, oh, do Muay Thai. I'd run up the mountains and swim. I'd lift weights. Like we were at the gym all the fucking time. Mm. We were always training, always doing stuff. And then, and then the day happened when I met my friend Kylie and I trained for real. And it was like, it was as hard as I'd ever gone. Mm. And I'd been like fighting for four fucking years. And this was like a shocking, I think it was just like the determination was different it was like oh i need to like actually try hard now and mm. you, you maybe the four years previous to that were like building me up to it um but i had no idea how hard it was going to get and that and that was because he was from originally he had trained with mark at jim jones and i'd been reading about it and i think it clicked with like oh i perceive them as doing hard things there therefore when i trained with somebody from there I absorbed that whole feeling of like, this needs to be like risk. Mm. Like you need to go so hard that you might pass out. And I, I like, yeah. for some reason, <laughs> I, that was like a subconscious feeling from just being from the energy of that place. That's how much energy a place can have, mm -hmm. right? Where you walk in and you're fucking nervous. Mm. And so I think a big part of what you guys are describing, and, and this will probably be a part of the project, is the environment is so like, because who introduced you to hard training? Like, how did you find it? A crazy guy. Um, you know, I was doing fitness classes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did a lot of stuff before, but when I started to go uh, to study, like the med school and whatever, I didn't have time mm -hmm. to do whatever I was doing. So I just took a membership into a gym and I did 
uh, fitness classes, like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, don't love body pump and stuff. Yeah, for sure. And it was okay, kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And then I met that guy, he was doing like cross training classes. A fucking psycho. <laughs> <laughs> he was yelling it at people like, "You piece of shit, just keep oh. going!" And I was like, "Oh, who's that guy? He's amazing." <laughs> it's um, like boot camp fitness. Oh my god! And his name is Fred, um, <laughs> and he, he gave me. I don't know. I wanted to be a coach then. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I he, get to yell he, at people. No, but he could push people, and and I think w- when you train hard, you build discipline, mm-hmm. and that's something we don't learn at school or in life, and that's big thing. Mm. And yeah, no, but it was great. Not only yelling <laughs> at people. <laughs> But it was like very intense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And every time after one hour, I was so dead. Yeah. Like, oh, I wanted to sleep. I was like, oh, that's hard. All right. It wasn't CrossFit. Mm. It was something. It was just I, I just didn't know about CrossFit. Was yeah. It, it was, uh, what, 2012? So yeah. I didn't know about CrossFit. Oh, crazy. Yeah. That's that awesome. Time ago. So I did that. And then I found CrossFit. Like, don't even know how. But yeah, but that guy was okay. I was like, okay, I think I'm not pushing. I think I'm pretending I'm training. Yeah. And I changed and I started to go hard, harder. Mm-hmm. And he was right. When he was your piece of shit, you here, just go <laughs> faster. Because he knew he could go faster. Yeah. And he wanted us to be honest mm-hmm. with the, the effort we could do. That's it. It's how um, how important do you feel competition is hmm. for, for people, people that <laughs> exercise? No, for people that no, exercise. No, I think it's just like, uh, I don't know, 5% of of people, you know. If something, it's something that we give too much importance, I think. Hmm. I Like regular people, they don't give a shit about CrossFit games or stuff like that. Yeah. They want to be... I don't know they want to train. What what do you think um what do you think competition does for somebody who has never realized? Hmm. Like instead of cuz it's a weird I it's a weird question when you're like thinking of um having people compete because you like competition, right? W- where gyms become competitive, it becomes kind of a weird place. Hmm. And then there's too much importance put on the results of like a time or a, you know, on the day of winning certain things, that feeling that you're the fittest, but just based off of competing with other people. Not that that's a good or bad thing. It becomes like a hyperbolic thing. Um, But in the sense of when you have your own client and you know that if they doesn't matter what they sign up for, they just need to put their name on the line because it gets them to narrow and focus on their training becomes like we did it It wasn't a competition but when we did the 24-hour assault Mm. bike challenge right everybody that was going to do it immediately started focusing and they started showing up and be like hey can i jump on the air bike for an hour and we're like yeah like yeah i know what you mean yeah okay that gives um Mm. goals Mm -hmm. And that helps with training, yeah. If you have a goal, you don't want to fail. Mm-hmm. So maybe you train better, yeah, maybe. I did not want to start competing, but <laughs> I, I don't know why it but kept I coming did. up. <laughs> well, yeah, like even when I was running and, 
you know, was over at Jim Jones, Michael would ask me, you know, what are you training for? You should compete. And he, I don't know why, I don't know if I felt guilty about not competing. I'm like, what am I doing with my fitness? Is this the natural mm-hmm. progression? Like, do I need to compete? And I just knew that I, I didn't want to bike race because <laughs> Michael was bike racing at the time. And I'm like, man, I'm really not good at this. Yeah. And like, I've done other things where I'm like, man, I'm really not good at this, but bike racing was different. Like I just, I didn't love it. Didn't make my mouth water, like running and competing in CrossFit did. Um, But I wanted to compete in something like I needed some sort of like progression Mm. and, but I still hated competing. I still hate it. Like I don't (laughs) like it at all, but I, I think it's useful to show myself. Um, that I can work towards something mm-hmm. and overcome it. Like here's an obstacle. I need to figure out how to be my best version of myself and like actually go through with it. And it's fucking scary. Like competition is terrifying, especially running. Like most of my running races, actually all of my running races I did alone. Like I'd show up alone. I'd go to the start line alone. Like I never ran with any friends. I didn't have friends that ran. Um, <clears throat> and it was terrifying. So I would just, go as fast as I possibly could and hold on for dear life. And I, you know, I was okay at running um, and I continued to, to do races, but I think that I needed, I needed that so that I knew when to back off. Like after a race, like there needs to be an undulation in training. You need to have some downtime, then you need to build up again. And, and watching that process was very useful for not only my training, well, actually really useful for my training because endurance training you can see it you can you can see such like night and day difference in what you're doing like what I'm doing today is going to affect how my performance is two weeks later Mm -hmm. you know I'm doing a monostructural movement I'm running I'm doing one thing (laughs) you know it's not like getting better in CrossFit Mm -hmm. where you're getting more efficient at multiple things I'm getting better at one thing which is running and so it was really fun to see the progressions and also um i guess just test myself like mm. i i needed that scary thing um i needed to know that that's something that i could do um and moving that over into crossfit like it helped with like taking rest days and you know f- listening to my body when i had an injury um and also in life like when i started racing i I gained a different kind of confidence. Like Mm. I know I can outrun someone. I know I can outwork someone. Now I know I'm faster than people. Um, If you wanna, if if I need to overcome something in life, I'm gonna outwork you and I'm probably gonna do it faster. And that gave me a confidence that I don't think anything else has. Like that was really useful. I I try to push my clients into um, competition, even if it's running a 5k, like go run a 5k and, and see how you feel, like see what that accomplishment feels like, because I feel like it motivates people or it shows them that they're shit. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. you're not doing what you think you're doing at the gym, like go harder, go faster. Um, take your rest days seriously, take mm-hmm. your nutrition seriously. Like it puts things in place. Even if somebody, you know, doesn't care about being a, an athlete, a competitive mm-hmm. athlete or taking it much farther than that. I think that there's lessons in going that direction and um, like overcoming that actual accomplishment, like sticking to a date and preparing for it. 
Yeah, we used to require people went and did something like once a year. Mm-hmm. Just as like a, I mean, the the thing that sucks is I realize how important it is for for like developing a skill, especially in like a specific area. And I also know how fucking terrifying it is at the same point. So if I'm like, if I'm learning something, I know I need to go compete in it because there's no faster way to learn it. It's like jujitsu is the most terrifying one, but I don't, I don't think you could know jujitsu and not compete because you, you roll all day with a bunch of people. And sometimes you go really fucking hard just against like the average guy in a class because that's where they're uh, you got to like most jujitsu guys are getting their fitness from jujitsu so that's like all the exercise that they do is roll so they go really hard all the time but if they never compete they're not the same kind of person in fact you find people that compete a lot they start going easier and this is how i find competition taught me how to like treat the gym as a tool not the gym as the competition Um, It's like the difference between tuning and testing. Mm -hmm. If I have no objective, if I have like nothing that I'm doing, I start to make the gym the thing that keeps me like just to kind of keep me motivated to go hard. And that is such a hard trap to come out of unless you're competing because then the other things matter. Mm. So you can talk yourself into thinking like, oh, I'm just I see this all the time with people that train for a long time. They talk themselves into thinking that they're going hard isn't isn't that hard. And you're like, it's kind of fucked up what you can kind of talk yourself into, especially if you learn enough about this, how you kind of. Yeah, but I've probably adapted. So that's how I can, you know, redline five days a week. Hmm. And it's actually competition, I think, clarifies that for me when I go, oh, fuck i can't be wasted when i i don't want to be less fit when i show up for something else Mm. Uh, even if it's a a fitness competition you start have to okay where's my you immediately address weaknesses you're like okay i'm not strong enough um i probably don't have good like lactic threshold right now so i have like some specific abilities that immediately in my brain i know i've been ignoring right i haven't been doing 20 rep set squats for a long time i know where the deficiency is so immediately it guy it's like the the answer that mark used to give to everybody that was like hey what do you think like here's the problem and mark's first question was like what are you not doing you know like if you're a cyclist and you're running into problems you're like i just don't have enough fitness you're like Mm -hmm. uh so what are you doing if the answer is like man i do tons of hard training tons of intervals you're like then you're not doing long distance you're not supporting it aerobically so go do long stuff and it'll help support it it's an answer in both cases except you know or somebody gets stuck into only doing long stuff thinking that they can race themselves into shape he's like what are you not doing two and three minute intervals how long does the break last you're like the separation is about two to three minutes at like 99 percent or something you're like those are the features and so you can kind of dial it in and know immediately what you should do because you weren't doing it before hmm. Yeah, competition as a teacher. Mm. Yeah. But you've competed a bunch. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes it wasn't fun. Like the last time? Oh my <laughs> Never God. Fun. Actually, okay. That was my favorite, I think. Really? Yeah. Because for once, uh, no one was there to see me doing or not doing something. Oh. Like I did regionals and mm-hmm. everyone <laughs> was looking at me. 
That's why I compete in Europe. Jesus no one knows Christ. me. Like, I cried. Really? After, before and after every event. That was a long weekend. <laughs> At the regionals? Yeah, in Madrid. Fucking regionals. Uh, like, I trained for four years to be there, and that was uh, awful. It was too hard. I wasn't ready. The team was shit. Wasn't it just <sighs> you and Cece? And two guys. And and yeah, and you with Celia Gabiani and every photographer, fucking oh, photographer yeah. are here. Yeah, it's yeah. like competing with Lee Phillips. That That's so bad. And then you're like, oh, you fail miserably. No. And everyone is looking at you because <laughs> you're here. Oh, that was so bad. So yeah, last time, fun. Just fun. Yeah, it was fun. No one knew me. <laughs> I've never... Jeez. I've never taken well I take it's I'm really weird with competition I've never taken it that seriously but I've taken it as seriously as anything but for some reason on the day for competition it like leaves me like it doesn't hmm. I, like it's a weird that I'll fuck it up two weeks before because I'm trying too hard or I'm like fumbling around with something that I shouldn't be doing and I'll, I'll like almost I think it's my natural built-in taper is to get an injury of some sort right outside of competition. It's like a nagging one. I had a quad tear that was like a month before Alpha Games and it was perfect because then I couldn't overdo it. It hurt so bad that I just had to stay off of it. And so I had like a four week taper, yeah. you know, I like, oh, I can't do anything like this. So I'm going to like deload, huge deload. <laughs> and then I showed up and I was like, I haven't squat in a month. And I was like, maybe there'll be no squat. There was nothing but squat. Everything was squatting right here. But it was fine because it yeah. gave me a natural. I think I would have burned out if I went any other way. Mm -hmm. But I don't. So I think it. I think it helps like dial things in. Um, especially. I mean, because you don't. You don't have to. The, the weird part about it is like you don't have to be an elite person to get the benefit mm -hmm. of competition, right? It happens at any level. Like mm. I've learned lessons in like cat five cycle races with like, you know, Bob from accounting. Like those are the kinds of, those are it's the kind of, Bob. there's always, this, or it's like fucking Deborah from HR. Like, it's always, it's always like office worker. They're just like totally is average people get into bike racing. Mm. And that only stops around cat three where you, people start being more serious about mm. it. Or you have the like lifers. Um, and that was always really interesting to me, uh, just because when you lose to somebody who's like an office worker, you're like, fuck, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but in bike racing every day you will lose to a, an office yeah. worker because they're actually, I mean, at amateur levels, that's all they do is ride bikes for fitness. Uh, and if they've done it long enough, man, they're building like these massive bases. Like Zach, my friend that I grew up racing with. Mm -hmm he's been racing bikes for like 20 fucking years now and he mm. still goes out all the fucking time and races bikes he's like a lifer lifer um he could not mm. like he's just gonna be good endurance wise the rest of his life i mean that's just gonna be an inherent thing the hard part for that like you look at joe holmes you're like fuck you look like you're about to break <laughs> he needs he's he's recovering from a lifetime of doing something so i think mm. doing something extra maybe this is the reason why i think it's so important to learn general fitness is because the only other way people do get outside of themselves and get better is if if they compete in a specific modality and usually that 
one modality has a bunch of imbalances built into it. Running, weightlifting, you know, all these people are going to be broken at the end of it. Hmm. And why general fitness is so good is because it helps it helps teach you how to counterbalance that extreme nature of like, oh, I want to compete, therefore I'm working on myself. Hmm. It teaches you to be able to work on yourself without crushing yourself. Um, I don't know, there's... Ooh. Man, this book is going to be too long. <laughs> yeah, I know. Michael's going to write all of his girl power in it. <laughs> I need the... to stay. Yeah, for I, sure. I've lost my passport. <laughs> Perfect. I threw it away. Well, I buried it. <laughs> oh. You know what? What time is it? Fifteen. Uh, That's not that far into it. <sighs> I'm excited to put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. In long form. And in some short form. (laughs) 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 You can only make so many posts on Instagram about answering people's questions. Before you need another project? Before I I just need to write it in a book. (laughs) Oh, right? Yeah. Oh, man. It'll be cool. And if if you're not a female or identify as a female... It'll Sorry. be cool for you because, you know, maybe you're a coach or maybe you train with females and maybe, I don't know, maybe you'll just like looking at hot females doing stuff. <laughs> I guess it's that's something. Kind of, yeah. yeah, it's something. <laughs> I, I mean, although it's for a specific part of the demographic, you know, it appeals to kind of 100% of the demographic for one reason or another. Yeah. Maybe like just culturally it's interesting it's been fascinating for me to like learn things about like the history of female athletics and crazy and, huh and physicality yeah it's like going back i mean we were talking about we were both kind of like when we're looking at weightlifting and like it, it wasn't in the women's weightlifting wasn't in the olympics until 2000 that's crazy like it's insane i and was in high school yeah. when women weren't well, like lifting on the world's biggest stage i was like already out of high school like that's not that fucking long ago no and that's that's how i mean new female like physicality is like in in a broad scale Mm. i think obviously it's getting better um but one of the things that i think we remarked on too was how interesting like how progressive crossfit actually was yeah i think it you know obviously we have our disagreements about crossfit and what it is um or what it's useful for or whatever but in that regard for what they've done for like female training and female sports is kind of like abnormal yeah and they pay equally yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. every athlete at the games that's huge yeah because i was writing a piece this morning and i talked about that lambie very still differences Mm. you know still differences about money and stuff yeah. like that and and coverage yeah we don't see that much female sport no. on tv like i don't know it's weird huh well do you know what's interesting about it is like in most sports like they're gonna be behind right so yeah performance wise on a and that we me and mark talked about this with um yeah. basically the female version of the tour de france is like seven days and it's like not televised and it's it's a very short stage race comparatively mm. um and the payout is not anywhere near the same thing mm. we're not talking like you win a stage at the tour de france you're going to be just fine one stage and there's 23 of them 
and the difference from males and females in professional cycling, it's absurd how different it is. Um, but they haven't been doing it as long. So say, this is what you see kind of in the UFC as well, right? Like the level of the average female fighter compared to the level of the average male fighter. Well, there's just exposure, mm. right? So if we, if we, you know, admit that, um, let's say like competition on the world stage really progresses females quickly. And if you wanted to see the best example of that, the UFC, I think, is it. Mm. Where you're like, they were, they're far behind, but it's yeah. still a pretty new sport. It's not generations old. Like, no, MMA no. is a fairly new... You, you weren't having, like, good training theory in MMA until, like, 2005. Uh, maybe 2000, people started to think about it, but there wasn't good physical training to, like, go and diet, all of that stuff. It's fairly new. Mm -hmm. So less than, you know, well, you could say since the fucking Olympics had weightlifting. So it's 2000, yeah. same kind of deal. So when uh, women get involved in MMA and they like, now they're on the biggest stage, they're catching up so quickly. Now female fights are just as technical. Mm. Um, and you're seeing like the fact that they can have as much stardom doing it, right? Make as much as like almost as much, probably not as much on average, even close to men, but they're like, Ronda Rousey is not poor. <laughs> right, like, she, yeah. I, I mean, maybe she doesn't have like Gregor, uh, McConnor greater money, but like, you know, yeah. that's still pretty fucking good. Yeah. And then I see CrossFit and it's, you would not like as a fan of the sport, it does not matter whether you're watching men or women. It makes no difference. Like yeah, watching Tia Toomey is just as impressive as watching Matt Frazier. They're mm -hmm. identical. Yeah. They're at the same level. Like they're both dominating over their sport mm. consistently. And I think that is a testament to like the CrossFit Games never having to adopt, okay, now we allow females to train. But in all these other sports, football, soccer, you know, these traditional sports, even the lone endurance sports, women weren't really allowed in the you know since their creation of it like mm. when's the first time women played baseball yeah it's not gonna be that long ago <laughs> um so i think that's an interesting um kind of side topic of uh of of where you guys are going with this like explaining the history and kind of you know why this is thought of to be nor abnormal but normal in the human sense mm like how normal it is to just be a human being and want to like explore your physical capability. Like wh how strong can I get? How fast can I run? How long can I run? All of these things I think are, they should be human questions. And uh, I think a lot of what you guys will do will be to kind of explain that. It's kind of interesting. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how long are you here for? Forever. Forever. <laughs> 29. Okay. Well. I guess Don't we force me to say it again. That <laughs> makes me sad. <laughs> Good. It should. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you came out. And I'm really excited about all the stuff that we've done so far. So, um, yeah. Cool. Cool. It is cool. <laughs> um, I wish my, I, Mark should have been here for this one because he could have spoken some French for you. Um, that would have been fun. <laughs> we should do a French one. I, I mean, I imagine we'll do another one before you leave. Okay. And then we'll get Mark on it. Um, where can people find you? 
on Instagram. At Ellosaurus. Yeah, Ellosaurus. Ellosaurus. And That's anywhere it. else. That's it? Uh, yeah. It's all the stuff. Well, what's your that's the what's, easy. what's your nutrition company? Wild, uh, but there is everything on my my personal account. Oh, you'll link out to it. Yeah, cool. There is a lot. She's also new to space programs. Oh ah! yeah, yeah. You are helping yeah. the space program. I see. This is how bad we are at marketing our own stuff. I'm yeah. Not. Michael, come on. She programs for Warrior Programming, which <laughs> yeah. is is big big programming over in the UK. Yay. And then, yeah, newest to our space program team. Yeah, yeah, I talked you into that. Yeah, sorry. Her workouts are super creative. I I actually really love them. I mean, that's uh, one of the things that I noticed is like I always there's people you don't want to work out with, mm. even if they're smart technically. They don't have enjoyable training sessions. They're not fun. They're not like there's nothing exciting. They're just straightforward. Yeah, I don't want to train like that. Mm. Like I want. I want to be like, ooh, what's this going to be like? Or that, like, there's just something about it that I think, and I think you get it. Like, I see how you write a, a workout and you're trying to trick somebody somehow, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Sometimes sure. it's straightforward, but I think most of the time you're like, man, I want this, I want this to hit in a certain way that they're like kind of bummed that they came today. That's it. <laughs> How do you do that for yourself is the question. Cause that's, I'm always trying to trick myself into doing something stupid like today. Oh my God. That, I told you, I have no idea at the moment. So I just do yours, <laughs> which is not great. <laughs> Fuck. I feel so bad. <laughs> I need a rest day. I know. <laughs> Although the one Monday was the fucking worst. Yeah, I never recovered. Uh, my See? traps are still sore from that. It's pretty fun. That was awesome. I love that one. It was a good one. Well, uh, people will be able to see some of your programming style. Yeah. I'll list you on the space program. And then if people want to get a hold of you, they can find you and all your link outs mm. and whatnot. Yep. Um, thanks for coming on and out. Thank you. Merci. Sacre bleu. <laughs> I needed to say it. <laughs>